Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. So tell me about custard then. Well, back when I was 20 something 22 and whatever I was and I was engineering at um, Bride and Wire in uh, Doncaster uh, electrical engineering at that point and they had a sort of satellite factory or sister factory or call it what you will um, in Cleckheaton and so every week I think it was either Wednesday afternoons or Thursdays. or It can't have been afternoons because we used to have lunch. So it must have been all day. But we used to go one day a week to Cleckheaton and try and unravel their electrical mysteries for them uh, with varying degrees of success. Uh, and the manager of the Cleckheaton factory was called Harry Maud. Uh, and I couldn't have given you his name any other time except just then. It I'm so lucky past. we captured it now. Harry Maud was in charge, and uh, so Harry used to greet us and and groove around with us. He was a sort of what was he like, Harry Maud? He was a bit like um, no, who's that actor? Uh, David also. Niven. No, no, English, northern, um, quite rounded. He he would probably be in things with um, that other woman, the English national treasure. What's she called? Dame Judi Dench. No, oh no, not that, not that heady level. Maggie More. Smith. No, younger, hipper. Uh, she was in the uh, the favourite, the thing about the... oh Olivia Coleman. Yes, Olivia Coleman. He would probably be in stuff with her. What's his name? Um, oh, I can see him. Uh, dark hair, little bit portly, the northern accent. Um, What's he been in? I'm trying to think what he's been in. He's been in a lot of really good stuff that was quite niche. Oh, well, that's, um, that's all right, then. That narrows it down. <laughs> it might come back to me. <laughs> anyway, Harry Moore anyway. looks a bit like you. <laughs> this all started because you were singing Lisa Stansfield. I've been around the world and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give right my baby. Yeah, I was yes. singing that in tribute to you. In tribute to me getting been back. been around the world. Yeah. And you, to be fair. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but that's usual, isn't it's it? It's usual for me, isn't it? It's less usual for me. But yeah. then Lisa Stansfield's from Rochdale. She's not from Clackeaton. Of course she's from Clackeaton. Don't be ridiculous. She just doesn't know it. Right. Or she's hiding the fact. Do you think of, her parents have kept it from her all these years? Out of shame, eh? 
Anyway, we used to go to Cleck Eaton, and Harry Maud used to groove around, and... Uh, oh, what's he been in? Oh, I nearly had it then. I nearly had him then. And um, they used to be custard at lunch, and it was really good custard in the canteen, so I used to look forward to the custard every week. But I, it used to impel me with some kind of sleeping sickness. So every afternoon when we drove back to Doncaster, I would be unconscious in whosever car I was in. I've never known tiredness like it. So I think it was, uh, you know, what's that word for things that make you go to sleep? <laughs> Sedative. It's, it was sort of sedation custard. Really. Sedation. So hang on a minute, let's go back. <laughs> so in Cleck Eaton, in mm. the what we're we talking about here, eight seventies, oh, eight eighties, seventies, late seventies, early eighties? Late seventies, yeah, probably about seventy nine round about okay. then. So Punk's just about to break or he's in the middle of breaking. But the people of Cleck Eaton yeah. are sedating their workers with midday what? custard. Sedative custard. It might not have had the same effect on the workers, but it sure <laughs> used to lay me out. So just you then? Maybe I had too much. Well, certainly not the bloke that was driving us back, fortunately. He was fine. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here to tell you that, that about it. And do we know what Do we know what he had for lunch? Uh, no, it was probably Stuart Martin. Um, I wonder if he's still on the earth. Hello, Stuart Martin, if you're listening, which I very much doubt. That would be a long shot, wouldn't it? Mm. Have you no. ever watched The Mandalorian? No. Right, okay. <laughs> which is one of these Star Wars things on Disney. I'm not surprised. Oh, for God's sake. No, I don't watch any of that no, nonsense. No, but the reason why I've mentioned The Mandalorian is that often on their episodes, they get like halfway through before they have the, the title credits. Mm. And we're turning into The Mandalorian. Because mm. it's they getting get longer half... and longer. Oh, I see. Before we start. Before we actually start. Right. But how do you how do you not how do you not capture Cleck Eaton Custard? How do I not what? Capture. capture it. Oh no, it has to be it has to be set down, obviously, mm. in T C D. Sorry, Lucy. Um that would be a shame for the Cleck Eaton Custard to have been omitted. I'm sure I've probably mentioned it at least twice before. I don't think you have. I don't think you have. I think we're on that We're on that kind of... TCD's got to the point now where we're on the peripheries. Apart from the Hollies and the Christmas card, which should have been earlier. <laughs> I don't know how that took so long. That should have been yeah. in the first ten episodes. Every year I get one. Every year. What are they like? Are they nice cards? Well, it's usually a picture of the Hollies going, you know, like in a showbiz... <laughs> I love the point. You know, or a... I love that. With the that. point or the thumbs up. Or the thumb. Or a mixture of all together. Looking kind of, hey, yeah. here we are. On the yeah. subject of, of that, I do think there's now a trip being organised to go and see Shiwadi Wadi. Yeah, very wise. I think I might come. I think we should all go. <laughs> Western Supermare sounding favourite so far, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Under the moon. Fiftieth anniversary tour this year. I wanna tell you, wanna tell you. Maybe I could get up and do the wanna tell you. 
You know, I have I capture the video as well, don't you? I might have to chop that little bit out. That might have to be shared that bit. <laughs> that was the point again. That was the point. Shawadi wadded. That was the point with singing, mm. not just posing. Not just Lisa Stansfield and Shawadi wadded this morning. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. Oh. Um, Sh- shall I do that? Shall I do the start just for the sake of completeness? Yeah. Should we do it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just hold my breath. Hello and welcome to chapter one hundred and fifty-five of the Corona Diaries. <sighs> Try not to dribble throughout that. Yeah. I well, I mean, you a should. Bit of a yeah. <laughs> and on. not just that, really. Just try not to dribble. <laughs> it's a rule, kids. How do you know when the drum rises level? That's that's another drummer joke, isn't it? Because the dribble comes out of both sides of his mouth at that. once. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of yeah. drummers and dribbling, uh, this is unrelated. Um, can you sleep on planes? Yeah, a bit. You know, obviously not properly. But, if, you know, if I'm in business and I'm lying down, I can get... I can get three or four hours, provided that I... I mean, what I usually do, if we're on business, is I don't let them serve me dinner. Right. I get on and I, I recline... As soon, as soon as they're off the ground, I recline the seat and go to sleep. Right. Because if you start with dinner and faffing about, you've lost about an hour and a half before, mm. before you've got yourself sorted. And then I don't find, I don't really find that eating is, is really conducive to going straight to sleep either. It tends to get me going a bit, the eating. And we don't want to get you going a bit, do we? No, not at 30,000 feet you don't. I struggled on the way back. I didn't get any sleep at all on the so way you're back. So you say I struggle at sea level. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, there's there's a bit of that as well, but I oh, I got no sleep on the way back. No, well, it is a bit random, isn't it? Sometimes you can, and then other times you've got no chance, and you don't know why really. But, the, but there's no secret to it. That's the point I was trying to get to because I I can't find a secret. I've not unlocked a secret to it. No, I haven't either. And you would know, wouldn't you? Well, I've, I've had a go. Some of the boys have got exotic American drugs. Uh, that they take. Um, and what about when they're flying? <laughs> oh, it was an open goal, I had to do it. <laughs> Mosley's usually got something tucked away. But, and a melatonin um, or something? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but I've tried everything and it doesn't touch me. All right. Um, you've just got to... You know, you just got to give it your best shot and then hope hope you can nod off. Mm. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I've just got into a deep sleep when they wake wake you up and give you breakfast. Yeah. Because, I mean, with LA it's not so bad, but, but with New York and the East Coast, it's actually not that long. No, it's five hours, five and a half hours on the way by, back. By the time you're in, in proper sleep... Wake up! Yeah, you're screwed coming back from the east coast. Would you like orange juice? What? What? Um, 
<laughs> barking sort of, at people on the plane. That sort of thing. Yeah, I've usually just about got my seat reclined at that point. <laughs> having well, they are quite complicated, aren't they? Having been hammering it with <laughs> leather mallets for a few hours. Leather mallets. <laughs> oh, dear. The, always the, travel with a leather mallet. <laughs> And there's an episode title. <laughs> they and, we're, and we're only a few seconds in, and we're there already. It's, it's just a work of genius. You can get them through security. That's the thing. I once, I once tried to walk through security with a baseball bat and was surprised they wanted to take it off me. Oh, was it just... <sighs> a little bit, a little bit harsh, really. Yeah. I remember going through security with my space egg. I bought this egg. It's in the song. I bought it in the uh, at the Cirque Soleil in Montreal. And it was like an Easter egg, but covered in pink, pink half, half spheres, a bit like the inside of the TARDIS. Oh, uh, you know, so it it it's seemed vaguely spacey and alieny, and it was in a see-through plastic box. And of course, I couldn't put it in my case because it got trashed. So I, I was carrying it by hand, and that caused quite a stir at security. Mm. But they did mm, let would... me through with it eventually. Um, you, well, I don't know why I thought about this as well. I'm sure I might have asked you this in the past, but while, we, while we're scatting uh, and we're on drugs, you, you get giggly when you've had a drink, don't you? <laughs> while we're on drugs. Um, giggly when I've had a drink? Yeah. Well, arguably worse. Yeah. <laughs> you do get quite giggly and a bit, and a bit so, not soppy, but you know what I mean. A bit what? Soppy? So, soppy, yeah. You know, a bit kind of floppy, soppy, giggly. <laughs> I'm sort of like that already. All the time. Yeah, but but it's accentuated. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It depends which drink and how much I've had, I suppose. Right. Where do the rest of the boys go then on drink? Mark turns into someone else. Mark becomes like um, the cat in the hat. You know, he's like very serious, sober, uh, and some 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 days, I mean, really serious, almost like a machine. But you get a drink in him, and he's on the unicycle, balancing the broom on his nose, immediate and juggling immediately. Immediately, yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> One sip of Heineken, and he's away. <laughs> and he's away. He's another person entirely. Um, Hence the nickname, I guess. That must be where the nickname (laughs) comes from. Mad Jack. Mad Jack. Well, everything, really. Everything rolled into one. Um, And uh, Mosley just becomes mellow and then throws up. You know, on even small amounts. He doesn't usually drink. Very rarely. He drinks about once a year. Right. And is violently sick and vows not to drink ever again and then doesn't drink until about you know, once the following year. Right. So it doesn't really agree with him because he's never applied himself to it, as no. I've tried to explain. Um, no. it, uh, Pete has, on occasions in the past, well, entire decades, over-applied himself <laughs> to it, and now he can't drink at all. He's not allowed. Um, who does that leave? Rothers. Rothers. He well, he doesn't drink until after a show. He, he's always straight to go on stage, um, and then he'll have a you know he'll have the red wine or he'll have the uh, the the uh, this 
the malt whiskey. I don't really notice any change in him at all. You know. All right. I, th I think it just soaks in and does nothing. Maybe whatever it does is quite subtle. Um, so that's really... It's all, that's all five of us, isn't it? Yeah, it's all five, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm usually half cut during a show. Yeah. And I'm totally cut by the end. By the end of a show. Quite often. Yeah. 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 Um, but obviously when I'm not working, I, I don't drink hardly at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Unless I'm having a social occasion, uh, which is fairly often, to be fair, especially can... in this village. It's a very boozy village. You can't get very across boozy. the green without somebody sticking a glass in your hand yeah. as they go by. Passing you a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> you could get boozy. pissed on the fruit from your trees. <laughs> you probably could, actually. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Yes. Um, you can, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, all I was going to say was we, we ought to try and talk about something rather than just... Mm. And, and, and a couple we of weeks should. ago, I nearly started, before we had the car crash, I nearly mm. started talking about fear. Mm. That's right, yeah. Because fear's next on the list, isn't it? Mm. And did you, an, I, you did, did say you thought you could interview. remember fear. What? Yeah. You did say you thought you could remember bits of fear. I can. I'm just looking at that face going, I can. <laughs> I can. You it can. really wasn't that long ago. It feels like two years ago, actually, but it wasn't, was it? It was some year. I mean, I guess the new album was two years ago, and that feels like last week. Uh, Fear feels like about two years ago. Well, Fear's um, 2016. I know, it's mental, isn't it? So what's that? Seven years ago. Uh, um, but it doesn't feel like that. It, it really feels like it like a couple of years back that we we put that together. Um, but you can ask me about fear. I right. might be able to, to elucidate accurately. All right. Well, where I, so 2012, Sounds of Can't Be Made 2012. We talked a lot about that. You were told that after that. And then there's this cycle that seems to happen where you, you finish an album and then certainly for a what, year, two years afterwards, you're not ready to even think about starting again in terms of lyrics. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And they know not to push me because I'd throw myself off a roof. Yeah. Um, not to spite them. Just no, no. <laughs> just for my own private purposes. I'm going to kill myself and then see how you feel about it. No, no I, don't, I never, never suggested it was that. Um, so when can you remember roughly when we get an album in 2016? When did you start? When did people start circling round the idea of maybe another album? Oh, oh! I didn't know you were going to ask me about time and space. <laughs> um, well, what, what would you like me to ask you? Well, just about the songs and and if I can remember how they came together. But if, don't ask me when they came together, right. for All God's right. sake. Well, let's assume then somewhere around 2014, 2015, you probably oh, all come to the conclusion there's another album somewhere. Would that yeah, probably I fair? Th I think we were at it for, I, I mean, I, I, all of these things are, are just notions, but I, I think it was probably about 18 months that, you know, on and off, 
that we were working on it. Um, on on the jam, the jams take so long; they take ages and ages and ages, you know. And then getting to that point where we think we've really got something. Um, when Mike starts playing as things that he's welded together and saying, "What about this?" Um, that's that's a good eighteen months as a rule, uh, unless we've been out and toured in the middle of that process, and then of course everything just Pushes goes back. back and gets gets added on. When did we do Friends from the Orchestra? Was that after Fear? That was after Fear, right? Yeah, well, I hadn't met. I don't think I'd met Nicole at that point. Uh, I met Nicole in Sweden whilst I was working with a Silderspain at a show. Uh, and she was uh, playing viola with them, mm. with the girl who had the nosebleed. <laughs> uh, that's not funny, is it? Why am I laughing? Um, I I'm laughing because you're laughing. Uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I remember the panic in my soul as I, re as I turned around and realised one of the quartets had vanished uh, whilst I was trying to sing to them. Um, Does that happen so a lot? When you try and no. sing people. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's why it's funny. <laughs> that's a new experience for you. And she reappeared with a bit, a bit of tissue hanging out of one nostril. Oh, it's a great look, that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not what you expect from a classical musician. You well, know, how, how else do they stop a nosebleed? Well, no, they, have, they still have to, bless them. But, you know, when they're, when they're all dressed up in their little black dresses looking great, it's, it's sort of a bit of a, uh, a clash of cultures, isn't it, having a bit of tissue hanging out, you know? And I think that's really real. Well, it was really real yeah. when she came back. Was it, it's quite a Was relief. it a proper nosebleed? Was it was the, is your little bit of tissue slowly getting red? Yeah. All oh, right, OK. Oh, dear, was, right. Okay. Yeah, it was properly gothic. Yeah. People um, who have nosebleeds a lot get... I mean, I, I have nosebleeds and I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. I can stop them really quickly, but it's quite a shock for somebody who doesn't have them very often. Yeah, I've I've very very rarely have them, unless somebody punches punches me in you in the face. face. <laughs> right, it doesn't happen and, so and, often and either. No, 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 no. So it's I, and, quite and, rare and for me. Surprising both our voices there. <laughs> <laughs> They'd like to, but they can't. They just can't get to me these days the no. way they used to be able to. No. Um, what was I on about? So yes, um, I did did a show with the Silderspain. I think that was when Richard and I performed Not the Weapon with them, which was great. Because um, we've only ever performed that twice, mm. both times with Isilda Spain, I think. Uh, once in um, Sweden and once at um, that Lorelei. Lorelei up, the, you know, by the Rhine. Uh, the Night of the Prague. Um, <laughs> we got into French progressive rock over the weekend and thought it should be called progressive rock or frog rock. Um, I like frog rock. <laughs> the night of the frog, French progressive rock. Um, frog rock. Where, where was I? So then, this, yes, it was was in. I was with Richard over in uh, Halmstad on the west coast of Sweden with the Silda Spain. At their at their annual show, performing um, not the weapon but the hand, and there's a song on that, which is 
more or less just string quartet and voice. Um, the one about the old man with the candles in it. Um, um, the um, the one about the. Um, While well, you're thinking about this, you know what's going to happen. We're going to get the name of that actor. Am I? What was it? Something in anesthesia, I called it in the end. Um, and that's quite an interesting little little number. But when one of the string quartet goes missing with a nosebleed, it, 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 tends, it tends to get a bit interesting live. Anyway, Nicole Miller was in the quartet. And during the couple of days we were rehearsing for that, she sidled up to me as women occasionally do, Anthony, mm -hmm. and said, uh, you know, uh, I've got another string quartet. I went, ooh, have you now? Mm -hmm. Two string quartets have you got? She being unfaithful with one quartet with another quartet. Get you, Nicole. Mm. I thought. I didn't say it because I didn't know well enough to say get you. Um, but you feel comfortable saying it now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, Nicole, you're going to have to come on and explain your behaviour. <laughs> She said they're called In Praise of Folly. And, you know, and so I didn't say, what? I didn't say that either. Uh, I said, oh, really? And um, she showed me, we're building a website, and would you like to see our website? I went, yeah. So I'd look at her website, and they were, you know, and the four of them were sort of frolicking around in a field and whatnot. Um, and um, Very Theresa May. If ever you need a... Yeah, a bit too bit Boris Johnson. <laughs> and he uh, said, if ever you need a, a quartet, you know, we're hoping to do a bit of rock and roll at some point. So I said, oh, give me your number, you minx. And, um, you didn't say that either, did you? No, I didn't. And um, so, <laughs> so I'd got, then I'd got her number. And when we recorded Fear, when we... When we got onto the New Kings, the opening, the opening verse of the New Kings starts with strings, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. With the descending line, which is something I, I wrote, I wrote something I faffed about and created. Um, if I could write music, I might have written it, but as it is, I can't and I didn't. Uh, I faffed about and Mike recorded it. Um, we are the new kings selling our seals, seas of diamonds and gold. All of that. The oligarchs, the money. Um, you know, and I'd wanted to... I'd been so angry for so long, quietly, you know, about what this, what had happened to this country um, since Tony Blair and Iraq and all of that. Um, so that was like a festering wound, I guess, that was bound to burst at some point. And I think it burst, and f fear was that was that wound bursting, really, in, in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about um, England and this notion of England that I used to have of, of, of being... You know, not without not without guilt and dirty deeds done in the past, but but essentially a, a country that had a decent moral compass that was governed by essentially good people, 
you know, that w- with a sense of right and wrong and fair play. And, and then, of, of course, when Iraq happened, I, I saw through all of that and the, the scales well and truly fell from my eyes. And, and so I was so angry because I felt I'd been duped all my life, really. And so I wanted to write a song that railed against Englishness. And I guess that the, the the two songs on, on on fear that are in a way are like sister songs are, are the New Kings and Eldorado. Um, Eldorado is more about a fear of the consequence of what the world's become, of of, of the coming storm, um, which is broken ten ways since, of course. Um, and the new kings was about money, you know, and how even before, even before it had been publicised, if that's the right word, or, or or even before the word came out, just how compromised our country and our government has been by big money, by Russians, you know, by mm. oligarchs particularly. I mean, we're now practically funding the Tory party, you know, and, and interfering with our democracies any way they damn well can. Um whether that's through hacking or just donating large sums of money and God knows how many other ways that, that mere mortals like me will never even know about. Things that happen in private clubs and holiday homes during during weekends when everything's laid on. Because um, that's all going on big time. I guess it always did. but I think it always did. It always did, but I, I, I guess I've just woken up to it, and I've woken up and grown up to some degree. But I think it's got worse as well. I do think that our government is now more in the pocket of big money than it ever was. Uh, yeah, but, I th- I, yeah. Has it got worse? Have they got worse at covering it up? Did they have the good grace not to? not to, you know, push it into people's faces quite to the extent. But then the thing was, 40, 50 years ago, it was it was the establishment far more than, say, foreign interference. It's the foreign interference, I think, that's really... You know, I mean, where you went to school always has always been important. Mm. Um, but that element of Englishness was the element that you're talking about, which is that good chaps behave like good chaps. Mm. And so it might be that all the PMs have come from privileged backgrounds and all the people in the charity corridors are all from privileged backgrounds and it might be that they, they are feathering, but within a sense of fair play. It, that's just, you know, they, they were keeping the world going the way it always had been. As soon as the, the foreign money came in, got very mm. ugly very quick, didn't it? Yeah. Well, that's that's the perception of, of as I say, a mere mortal like me who's never ever likely to get the total lowdown on all no. of it. Um, but um, I just, I, I, I was just disillusioned and, and, and angry, and I guess I still am. But, but And I kind of got that out of my system a little bit with the New Kings, you know, and we sold your council houses, not to you, but the banks. And 
all of that, all that stuff that went on in the 80s where people thought they were getting ahead. And mm. really, they were being quietly buried. Mm. <laughs> Not only were they being quietly buried, but all of the services that they, the, you know, the the water companies and the energy companies and, you know, and the telecommunications companies were all being privatized. The things you owned were being sold to you, you know, a bit at a time. Um because with public ownership, there was terrible wastage, apparently. Uh, and so, you know, with private ownership, there's no wastage at all. No. They just pump raw sewage into the rivers. Very and, easy. And, and any, any profits that are there to be had go to shareholders and off you go. Um, and so compromises are made in order to be able to pay dividends to shareholders and off we go. But I'll try not to be boring. But um, that was just me railing about, you know, remember a time when you thought that you mattered, believed in the school song and all of that. Well, let's let's have a little break and go to a bit of diary. And I think that's an, that was a lovely kind of prelude to what we'll talk about. Mm. Um, and just while we were on the subject, uh, Friends came out three years after. So 2016, right. Fear, um, and Friends from the Orchestra, 2019. So that followed about three yeah, years. That makes sense because um, when we um, when 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 we when we recorded the New Kings. You know, obviously, I'd I'd written it with some kind of string samples and string machines, and I wanted real strings, and I've wanted real strings for years. And Mark's always said, "Well, why do you want real strings? You know, I can arrange strings. I've got strings. I've got samples, and I've got." I said, "Yeah, yeah. I said, it's just not the same. It no. can't be the same." And so we did bring a quartet. It wasn't Nicole's quartet. We we brought a a quartet that Dave Gregory suggested. Actually, uh, I think they were based in London, and they came in and did the intro on the album and then when we came when we came to play it all live then we assembled the friends from the orchestra what the six individuals who became the friends from the orchestra we assembled and we toured with them so by the end of the tour they were friends you know mm -hmm. they, they weren't just people we'd brought in they were uh, they were you know they'd been they'd been on the bus they'd eaten and slept with us and goofed around with us and they were part of the team so then we were bursting to record something properly with them and that that's how come the, the the friends project came together we thought wouldn't it be lovely to actually make a record with these people now we've toured with them and that's how that grew out diary then Diary. <laughs> Here it comes. Fuck knows what's in it. We won't, we won't, we'll edit that out. I like to keep that in. I like that. Friday, 15th of June, Philadelphia, Theatre of Living Arts. Next morning I needed my roots doing, so found a hairdresser's on the strip called Look At Me Now. 
underneath a sign saying, Sylvia, the psychic reader and advisor. I was the only white customer. In fact, the only customer with any hair to speak of. All the other customers were guys having their hair shaved to within a millimetre. The fashion being for the hair to literally look like it's painted on the head with a very sharply defined hairline round the edge. Emerged in an hour, suitably blackened and improved. Went back to the market and spent a few hours chilling out, watching the footy and enjoying the atmosphere of this fantastic bustling corner of Philly. It's Ian Mosley's birthday tomorrow, so I bought him a book in the second-hand bookstore, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Seemed fitting. I bought myself a picture book about America, a collection of photographs assembled and commented upon by one of my favourite writers, the sensitive and brilliant John Steinbeck. Returned to the hotel to pack and drop bags before returning again to Reading Terminal Market to chill some more before sound check at the TLA. I could live in that market, and as you can see, I kind of was. The ever-helpful Eric Pastore had offered me a ride over to South Street for sound check, but it was a warm, sunny day, so I decided to walk. It took half an hour or so, but I felt like I'd soaked up a little of Philly by the time I showed up outside the gig. Was gifted strawberry margarita by fans sitting on the street at tables and chatted for a while, being photographed and signing people's records. Everyone says they're grateful we came back to the US. They're a very sweet bunch, our American fans. It would be quite an idyllic life being me if not for the constant worry of whether or not I can deliver what these people expect and deserve. Soundcheck was a bit strange. My Kurzweil levels seemed all wrong, but Nick and I eventually straightened everything out. The gig is probably best forgotten. My Kurtz went mad and played out of tune, something it's never done. We could only guess as to the cause, either iffy mains, low mains voltage, the heat the dropping of the piano last night, or stray radio interference. I wasn't singing very well, and the studio dead acoustics that the TLA takes on when full of people didn't help much with the situation. I later learnt that reviews of the show were excellent. We really do get away with murder. After the show, I showered and kept out of the way, returning to the bus and, as is usually the case, was in bed asleep before most of the band or any of the crew had appeared. Saturday, 16th of June, Boston Paradise Theatre. A long day not feeling very well. Spent most of it in the dark, dingy dressing room of the Paradise Theatre, in between trips to the Blue Café next door, where I was given complimentary cappuccinos. The guy behind the bar was a fan. Thanks, mate. After soundcheck, painful and depressing as my voice really isn't working too well, I asked Eric to take me into town to find Legal's restaurant. He managed to get us a table by the water. Nothing short of a miracle. It was Saturday night and absolutely packed. But he blagged it and said I was a famous rock star from England. I later discovered that Eric comes from a well-known Italian family in New York, so that's probably where the leverage really comes from. We ordered lobster, and when it arrived it was the size of a puppy. 
and probably older than me. It was lovely, though, and a real pleasure to get away from the not-very-aptly-named paradise and enjoy another environment with Eric and Wendy's cheery company. We returned to the gig with Eric's brakes grinding away on the discs of his Jeep, a running joke despite his obvious embarrassment. He has recently had it into the garage for a full service, and Lord knows what they've done to his brakes. I was bursting for the loo and very nearly didn't make it. I now have diarrhoea to add to my list of ailments, so spent the last half hour before showtime running back and forth to the loo. At least there is a loo backstage here now. There never used to be. In the old days you had to go out front with the punters, who would be passing things under the walls of the cubicle for you to sign. Could you dedicate it to my mum, Tabitha? The Boston show was fairly raucous and out of control. Again, the Kurzweil was doing random stuff. My gear doesn't like this country. The crowd again were fantastic and in full-on party mode, singing happy birthday to Mosley every chance they got. Ian seemed genuinely touched. Sunday, 17th of June. Quebec. Day off. Woke up on the outskirts of town and disembarked into a baking hot afternoon in Quebec. Soon we were checking into the best western hotel. There were no rooms ready, so we sat around for a while until rooms became free. I was fortunate to be given the first one, so dropped my bags and Skyped home briefly before taking a cab to the old town where I found an Italian restaurant. It's a glorious day and everyone was out walking in the old town. I ordered a thin base pizza, proper, and a gin and tonic, and watched the Germany-Denmark game on the TV. Fabulous. Germany won, but Denmark gave them a good game and very nearly had them. Not bad for such a small nation. Needless to say, I was cheering for the Danes. I have contemplated having the Danish flag tattooed on my backside, but was advised against it on the ground that I wouldn't be able to sit down for a month. Came back across town and spent the rest of the day holed up in my room, relaxing, working and watching TV. Was very grateful to discover a programme late on the telly about the manufacture of Bentley cars. It was all shot at the factory and crew and detailed the predominantly handmade approach to creating a Bentley. Fabulous to see such accomplished craftsmen and craftswomen at work and talking with their broad northern accents. A welcome treat for a homesick Englishman after a couple of weeks of American and Canadian twang. After that, to my further delight, was a similar programme about the Mini, with similar footage from the production line of the new, now BMW-owned, Mini factory in Oxford, just down the road from my home in England. I went to bed and felt comforted, grounded and aware of the good reason to be proud to be British. It's comforting to realise that Margaret Thatcher didn't manage to completely wipe out every last vestige of British manufacturing expertise, even though it took foreign ownership to make it possible. Thank you, Germany, Kaching, and no offence. But nonetheless, I wish the Danes had stuffed you in the footy. Monday, 18th of June. Quebec, the Imperial. Went down to the breakfast room and had a coffee with Phil and Nick before returning up to my room. Had a slow and pleasant lunch by the river in a very nice cafe with old chums Steve, 
with two E's, and lovely wife Kathleen, before returning to Soundcheck. Nice gig. Sound was good at Soundcheck, so made my way outside onto the bus and hit the bunk for a little nap. The in-house engineer, Mo, said the band was sounding great and that our engineer clearly knew what he was doing. Nice one, Phil. The hall was packed for the show with one of my favourite audiences of the tour. You can't beat the heart and soul of the French Canadians. What a vibe. And we're back. Um, and we will, we'll stop talking about fear for a minute, and we'll come back to fear next week because um, we've we, that's a nice little meandering start there. And we'll 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 hammer in on songs in a bit more detail and go through it in more of a chronological, linear fashion next week. But it was a nice start, nice start. I want to now talk to you about LA. Oh, great! Uh, because having just come back from LA, mm. um, I want to know. We've talked about better dreams. And we mm. talked a lot about that and the and the two sides of LA and the fact that we both feel quite the same way actually that you know you you'll do one trip and you'll you'll you're there and you get it and you do another trip and you really struggle with it and there's this whole dichotomy that's always going on with LA. Where are you with it now? When was the last time you went? Uh, when hell? When were we last there? Um, I can't remember. It was a while back. Um, mm. Was it when we did the House of Blues? No, it can't have been. I think we've been back and done another one. We did a theatre, um, and I can't remember if that was the last time or if the House of Blues was the last time or, or whether we did somewhere else. Um, but, you know, space and time, you're at it again. Um, I, I, no clue. You'd, you'd, okay. have to, you'd have to look it up. But last time I was there, we stayed at the, I think, if, if my memory serves me well, Wheels on Fire, rolling down the road. Please don't find my next kin. This wheel shall explode. If my memory serves me well, um, we stayed in the Sunset Marquee, I think. No, we didn't. No, because I went and had lunch with Conrado in the Sunset Marquis, so we must have been staying somewhere else, round the corner somewhere. Um, but do you, stay, sta- do you stay in that area then, Sunset, Hollywood, that kind of area? Yeah, we usually stay on Sunset or, or literally, you know, one of those side streets that are yeah. off sunset or down by the the you know where the guitar center is down that end yeah yeah down the end of, that's on the, the other end of sunset quite near santa monica that's it uh, and we, we used to stay in uh at that what they called the riot house as well i don't know is that still there the the um it was the hyatt and now i think it's owned by and it used to be pink um and that's when i got in the lift and you know debbie harry got in and then got out and little richard got in <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> that was the higher blew my mind. Um, and um, did I tell you about Sergio Mendes? I did, didn't I? I yeah, you did. I, yeah, you, yeah mean, we talked about Sergio Mendes. That's that's a mind blowing thing as well. 
but he he left an, a message on the H guest book saying he he happened by pure chance to have been at the House of Blues, saw our gig and thought it was great. He said I was there with my wife and I really enjoyed it. I just wanted to let you know. Um, and I'm quite, you know, I'm quite a big star in South America, but I live in, in L.A. now and da-di-da-di-da, and I'm thinking it can't be him. And, of course, um, more recently, when when we were on the bus with Lewis, he said, oh, no, that's the kind of thing Sergio would have done. I, I know him really well. So um, I was dancing around to Sergio Mendes the other night. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it's still there, by the way. The riot, the riot <laughs> house is still there. Oh, is it? Yeah, that. Yeah, stayed there. And does West Hollywood few times? Uh, yeah, that. But yeah, it's still there. That was the hotel that you know Led Zeppelin used to throw the TVs out the window of, I think. And there's that great story about their tour manager paying the paying the hotel bill, and he's paying for all of the damage as they check out. You know, counting all of these hundred dollar bills out to pay for all, for for them having annihilated the place, and uh, the manager that he's counting the money, and the manager says, "Do you know what? Just between you and me, I've always wanted to throw a TV out of one of these windows." And, and he just peels off another three hundred dollars, <laughs> and he says, "Have one on me." Um, that's a great story. Um, but that I believe that was the riot house, and that was the that was the hotel as well. You know, I'm a guest of the city. I'm by the pool on the roof. I was referring to that hotel. That's where I was in my mind, because there's a great view from the roof of that hotel on, into the Hollywood Hills. Mm. You're perfectly positioned from there, aren't you, to see? By the way, on the subject of this. And I must mm. thank my friend Jason, who I travelled with this time for this piece of trivia, but you're going to love this. Did you know that Alice Cooper owns one of the O's in the Hollywood sign? <laughs> That's amazing. No, I did not know that. So in the 70s, that <laughs> sign got really dilapidated. What a great fact. And all the celebs pitched in and bought letters. Mm. He paid $27,000 for it. Wow. And he owns he owes owns one of the O's. I don't know which one. Now I'm assuming, bearing in mind it's April time and Home Depot's full of fence paint, that he's probably up there now giving it a fresh coat. Mm. He could have changed it in the middle of the night to Holly Cooper, couldn't he? Stuck, <laughs> stuck an extra couple of letters on, you know. <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that is amazing. So they're all owned by individuals. I didn't know those that. letters. I did not know and, that. And originally that sign said Hollywood Hills because it was for a housing estate. I thought it said Hollywood Land. I've heard it said Hollywood Land. Oh, right, Land. OK. Well, I in which case was... then, we'll open that up. The, 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 the good and the purple could come and could come and put us right. It might not be for either. I but thought Alice it... Cooper definitely owns the out. Right, well, I thought, I thought it said Hollywood Land and it was like a, a pitch from an estate agent. For, you know, when the land was still available to buy. Right. So we're kind of both in the same part there, mm. then, aren't we, about it being something to do with housing or this, that and the other? Well, I had no idea they they sold the letters. That's genius. I, I found a picture. It was really dilapidated in the late 70s. Yeah, I've seen that picture as well about how it was really run down. And... Mm. 
Fancy that. Alice. Alice owns one of those letters. Mm. Oh, well, we so should, next time you're in LA. I the other O. I'd, I'd love an O next to Alice's. Well, you've kind of got one. So next time you're in LA, <laughs> yeah. just just bob and say, look, that's my O. Yeah. Yeah. And see what happens. <laughs> I'm laying claim to this O. <laughs> Ooh, that's my O. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to drop the H and become Steve O'Gall. <laughs> Or just get the H changed to a lowercase h. Right. Oh, yeah. That would, that would be, be cool. impressive. That would be super cool, wouldn't it? I'd be up, yeah. up there just sawing a, sawing a bit off. <laughs> sawing a bit off and smoothing it out at dead of night. Singer arrested whilst <laughs> sawing top off H in Hollywood sign. Vandalising Hollywood sign. <laughs> Oh, mm. uh, I think you've got to do that. You know, you know that kind of in in the immortality legacy thing. I think you've just got to do that. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing I should do that, that I'd probably bottle out because I'm too decent. A bit like when I didn't punch Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, you, know, you go. This is what I should definitely do right now, and I, I, I just I can't do it, can I? And it's not nice, but it's what I should do. But never mind. Mm. Sometimes so, it's better to be nice. <laughs> back to the original question, then. Yeah. Back to where we started. Yeah. Yes. Still yeah. the same with LA. Still the same as as me. Oh, Still... how am I mm. with it? Um, oh, it's a good question. I think I'm all right with it now, because I'm. You know, I. Mind having said that, if I went tomorrow, I'd be seeing LA as it is tomorrow, wouldn't I? And I dare say it's changed again. You know, I dare say the street culture's changed and what's going down. There's so much violence. I mean, it was always violent, but you get the feeling it's just getting worse with the gun ownership and the, the mass shootings. And I don't know how, don't know how safe I'd feel. Um, I felt quite safe, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I was going to say I'd have to go to answer that mm. question, and you've just I, been I, and you felt safe, so I'd probably feel safe. Yeah. Um, it was a bit edgy down Venice Beach uh, of an evening, but it wasn't right. edgy in a. It was edgy in an artistic way, not edgy in a. Yeah. In a felt unsafe way. Yeah, I didn't really like Venice Beach. I thought that was a little bit. I don't know. I didn't like that much. Mm. I li- I liked, you know, I like to sit and have breakfast on sunset and watch the cars go by. You know, it's like a zoo, isn't it? So that's quite, that's quite entertaining. You know, you've just said I like to sit down and watch the cars. Hmm. That, d- d- that does have other connotations, doesn't it? Does it? Just you've got to the stage in your life where if you sit me down with a warm, milky drink and let me watch the cars, I'm quite happy. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> well, we'll pop you on top of a bridge over the M1. I'll watch anything. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> right, should we wrap it up there? As long as there's wrap movement, there. you know, as long as the... <laughs> As long as things, things keep changing, you know, like if I look, look through my kaleidoscope... The, the colours keep changing. I'm happy. Well, the colours are still changing. There's no doubt about mm. that. They, sh- they certainly are. 
We had a great weekend in Harlem, by the way. I've just got to say Oh, I meant to ask about that. How was Harlem? That was fabulous. It was really fabulous. That's a great photo you sent me. Oh, yeah, a little Elvis, doesn't it? Yeah, with the cricket bat. That's the amazing Anne-Marie Forker once Oh, she's fantastic. We need to get Anne-Marie on here. She finds a way to make me look 10 years younger and two stone thinner every time she presses a shutter. I I just don't know how she does it. No. She just catches me the way I wish I looked. Mm. (laughs) Whoa! God, I wish I looked like that. Are you sure that's me? Um, she does. She's she's got one hell of a. Uh, um, well, Jill Fermanovsky published a book of photographs just called called The Moment, um, and that's what it is. You know, you, you're capturing a moment in time when you're a photographer, and uh, Anne Marie just has an instinct for for a moment in amongst what is probably two and a half hours of activity, she always seems to find that one thing that's just, you know, fabulous. Um, she's um, she's extraordinary. Um, it would be nice to have her on. We'll have, we'll have her on because she's yeah, we should totally do. lovely. We should do. And she does capture that moment because all I can say is having seen you at a lot of tennisers on Tuesday mornings... Hmm. Her photos don't necessarily look like you look at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. No, they don't even look like I look while I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) I must just have fleeting moments of looking great. Uh, And she grabs them as they go past. Bless her. Yeah, amazing. Oh, I'm pleased you had a good time. I meant to start with that, to ask that, but we got on with Lisa Stansfield, didn't we? I've got, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a... I've got a name check, Darren from Australia as well, who stood behind me, and uh, we had a Q and A. And Lucy, Lucy had this thing where she put each of the five or five of us on a chair, with a member of the audience behind us, and we had this little quiz. I can't remember what she was asking us. She was asking us about when we did this, that, or the other, or wrote this, that, or the other, or what, which album? I think it was which album, which songs were on. Um, and the people behind, the fans behind us were sort of there to help and be on our team in case we struggled. And uh, the guy behind, I think it was the guy behind Mark, who, who was actually u- a bit useful and helped Mark out. And uh, the guy behind me didn't have any of the answers. So I said, can I swap with the one that Mark's got? And then after, you know, and he looked a bit hurt, and yes. and then when he and then when he came to leave, he confessed that he'd he'd flown to Harlem from Australia <laughs> just to be there. And then I felt awful, so um, I just want to say a big thank you to Darren for putting up with my um, my rudeness, and then he left a message um, on the. Uh, on the on the Patreon guest book, and said that um, in many ways the Corona Diaries has has tainted his idea of 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 life in general. He said because the whole time I was standing behind you, um, 
instead of being on this wave of, of euphoria that I was on stage with my favourite band, uh, all I could think about was uh, looking down on your head thinking, well, his roots are looking great. Um, so he was more he was more taken by, by, by my roots than anything else that was going on because I'd, I banged on about them at such length. So that was I don't fun. think that's tainted. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> going, oh, his roots aren't looking bad then. So I, I think that's absolutely... Because the thing is, if he'd, if he'd come up on stage without TCD, sorry, Lucy, and your roots hadn't have been particularly good, then that would, that would, have, ri- that would have stopped him in his tracks. Maybe, yeah. Well, maybe he wouldn't have even given it a thought. It's just oh, that- I bet he would. If they were looking as Dickie Davis as they were last time I saw you on screen, he would have. He wouldn't. There's no way you weren't noticing them. Oh, they were awful. They were really. I was in a state in them. Well, I was in a hell of a state for all sorts of reasons. Well, you've been shoving rocks for a week. Three tons of rocks. Yeah. 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 That's gonna that's gonna mess with your stage image. It I is. Ne- I needed is. rebuilding after that. Like Steve Austin. Mm. Did you have a Steve Austin doll when you were a kid? No. Never had a six million dollar man thing. No, no, mm. I think I was too old. I think that that ship. Oh, did that one miss you? Sailed. How old are you, Aunt? Are you younger? Than I'm me? ten years younger than you. There so you go. That's it's, that's probably. It's amazing, really, then, that you're so hip to all the that seventies nonsense. That I do a lot of research. I roll out. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because there was there was precious little to talk about back then, and every show was repeated for twenty years. They we were all watching you. Star Trek. I watched Star Trek as much as you did. Right. Scooby-Doo. You know, they were repeating those shows left, right and centre. You just missed mm. out on the A-Team, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That had kind of... I I was busy, I don't know, sleeping with girls by then. Yeah. I was too too busy doing, doing proper stuff to watch the yes. A-Team. Being sedated by custard. <laughs> right, I need to go. I've got, I've got somewhere to be. Yeah, I don't blame uh, you. I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yes. Thanks for sticking with this this long. <laughs> what well, generally? <laughs> yes. <laughs> as in, as in, for this hour or for one hundred and fifty-five? <laughs> well, certainly for the last nine months. There's obviously something not quite right with you, aren't? Are you? No, I think we've established that. Which is fortunate. Whatever is wrong with me. Yeah, exactly. 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 Right, I'll see you next time. Okay, darling. Uh, well, thank you all to all you lovely listeners. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll try not to drop dead until TCD156. Oh, my TCD156. Oh, TCD156. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>